Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. We need you to put your hands in your pocket, pay it forward and keep this podcast free for everyone. It's the price of a fancy cup of coffee and a scone to you once a month. But to us, it's mics on, lights on and bills paid. We have no ads, we have no sponsors. We rely entirely on you, dear listeners, to keep the show on the road. There are thousands of you listening and we need some of you just to chip in and help us Keep having conversations like the one you're about to listen to with Loe Elbasani. Yeah, listeners, long-time listeners will be aware of Loe as the man who put the helicopter on Mars, the NASA space engineer and proud Palestinian. Uh, and this is quite a personal interview with Loe because his parents are now trapped in Gaza City. So we do discuss topics that are a bit grim and morbid, but we will continue to cover events in Israel-Palestine. At least we will if we can keep the show on the road. So please join us. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise The link, as I always say, is at the top of the podcast you're listening to right now. I'll leave it there for now. Enjoy the pod. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And today, it's a podcast, unfortunately, not of hope. It's a joint one with the Echo Chamber. Tony is with me. And we're joined by Loe El Basuni, who has been on the Echo Chamber before, who is a, a NASA engineer who people are probably familiar with, has flown a helicopter, designed the helicopter that flew on Mars, but his parents are in Gaza. He's extremely worried about them. And we wanted to talk to him. Loe, how are you now? I'm alive. That's the word everybody uses in Gaza when you ask him how they're doing. Yeah, and, and Loe, as, as someone who knows you for a few years now, um, the other sad question when you say to people in Gaza, say you, you tell them to be safe. And then they look at you, or they, uh, if it's even down the Zoom lens, they look at you and say, that's the dumbest thing you could say to me. Um, can I say, first of all, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about your, 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 your mother and father before we get into this. You are a proud Palestinian, so are your parents. They, you're, they've seen so many wars. There's this awful phrase of, I am six, I'm six wars old, I'm seven wars old. Your mom and dad are there now. How, when was the last time you heard from them? And, and can we, sorry, let's rewind the tape. How did they end up back in Gaza recently? Um, because I know they have joined, uh, they've now dual citizenship. They're now citizens of Germany and Palestine. How did they end up back in Gaza so recently? Yeah, so, I mean, my, my dad, when he retired, I mean, after like the first few year wars in Gaza, and, you know, I mean, we, we didn't see them. I mean, I didn't see my parents for about, like 11, 12 years, you know, and, you know, we kind of made a decision that when my dad early retired from Gaza and he w went back to Germany, because, I mean, he actually went to college in Germany. I was born, all my brothers were born in Germany. Uh, so he went back to Germany and started working there as a surgeon. Uh, he retired from Germany. Then he just, you know, just, you know, just, you know, just need to live in Germany. I mean, he's very connected to our groves, our land, our house. I mean, he really would rather to live in Gaza, but we don't, you know, we really don't want him to live in Gaza just because of his health situation. I mean, he have heart conditions and he just had a back surgery and he just need to be closer to medical care in Germany. So he'd been living for the last 12 years in Germany. And I mean, 
in the past, I mean, few months, I mean, it's been the situation getting a lot better in Gaza. Everybody been going to Gaza, visiting. Everybody's like, Gaza's so beautiful. You know, we were out, we're partying. It's the best vacation I ever had. It's like it's becoming like a vacation destination. I mean, my parents decided to go, and I was supposed to meet them with my brother from Germany and my German nephews. Uh, you know, we're thinking about going. We're supposed to be there this week and next week. And my parents are supposed to fly back. They're flying back out of Cairo on the 9th of November to Germany. And and they went to they went there. And then on Saturday, the 7th of October, everything changed. Everything, um, everything went the wrong direction. And your parents found themselves in a situation that I want, like I, you can tell it better than I can. But in one, in one old one clinic that your father used to work out of, with eighty people, up to eighty people, and very little water. I mean, no way. I uh, tell me, there is no water. Yeah, so there's no water. There is no food. I mean, as you know, I mean they're, they're on vacation, so they don't even have stock of food. Uh, I mean, they moved from our house in Beit Hanun after the bombing. They bombed, you know, some, you know, the bombing in our street, some houses. Went. I mean, there was a lot of devastation in Beit Hanun. I think it's probably mm. that hit the worst. Uh, so the, after the first day, I was talking to them. The last time I spoke with them like, over WhatsApp, you know, you know, with, with, you know, uh, you know, I don't think even we turn on the camera, but I haven't really seen their faces since. I mean, because there was no internet anymore. So, but they have now. They had about 70 people, one of my uncles and his family and grandkids, you know, there. And there's other, there's two other families from Beit Hanun. There's other, more people came, but there's absolutely no room. But they're all sleeping on the street outside the clinic. Uh, they have no, they, the water was cut off. So they are right next to a mosque. They actually go fill a bottle of water from there. I think yesterday my cousin went to pick up some bread. It took him about four or five hours in the, in the bakery to just get some bread. Uh, I mean, I think they just, I mean, I really only spoke with them for like a total of 10 minutes in the last 10 days. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, just like here we are alive, you know, uh, you know, any minute could be the last minute, uh, you know. And, 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 and Loe, I'm sorry to push in, but it's really important we say this. When the evacuation order came, it was, you know, like everybody move, move, every, 1.1 million people. Your parents had already moved from Behoin, as you said. They were in, in the clinic and they were told to move again. The decision. Yeah, so, go so ahead. Like, yeah. you know, there is a huge confusion. And honestly, there's this, this is almost like, I don't know if the media even know what the hell they're talking about half of the time, you know. Everybody talk about the north of Gaza. The word of north of Gaza referred in the past to Beit Hanun, Beit Lahia, Jabalia you know, area, you know, and so that include the first seven kilometers of Gaza. So now everybody talking about north of Gaza and people confused because they think north of Gaza is Beit Hanun, Jabalia, and Beit Lahia, and, you know, Kabbalah, and Jabalia refugee camps, uh, you know, which is basically, you know, that is really the line. And then there is the line of Gaza City. So now Gaza City, all the way even to the south of Gaza City until like the Gaza Valley, you know, which is Wadi Gaza, they're asking people to move south. That's about maybe 1.2 million people live in that north part. I mean, I don't even want to use the word, but that's Gaza City and north of Gaza. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, think, I think we need to be very clear. And so, honestly, you know, there's some people left, you know, from like the north, from Gaza City. I mean, my uncle left. 
you know, some people actually still in Beit Hanun. Some people actually went back to Beit Hanun because they had no place to go and they don't really feel any safer. I mean, you know, when they issued the evacuation order for Gaza City and all of like what the new the new North, you know, is you know, you know, and this I, I think these words are utilized for history. I mean, so just to clarify for history that you know, Gaza City, you know, and all of that, they just literally have no place to go. Some people left from the clinic. We had they had seventy people originally with my parents. Ten of them, actually, ten of people left because the situation is pretty bad over there. Uh, you know, they decided to leave, and I, I think they might have. They probably were part of the people who got hit on the strike. Were actually why they evacuating. And and we and and we've I've looked into this by the way because I know you told me this. And the scary part is, possibly those people who did decide to move those ten people. We don't know how many of them are still alive, unfortunately. I mean, honestly, even the people who are alive, like, you know, people, I mean, people just go out, walk. They're just walking toward nowhere they know. They just, you walk in on the street, bombs are dropping everywhere. The fear of all of this, you have no access to drinking water, nor do you have access to even bathrooms to use. Thousands of people on the streets. Like, my mom is like, I'm just grateful I have a bathroom. I mean... I think she cared less about dying. She's just like, my mom is a high, I mean, she's really clean lady and she'd love to keep everything clean. So, I mean, to her, she's like, I'm just grateful. I, I have a comfortable bathroom she can use, even though she's sharing it with all the people they're hosting. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, it's just, you know, you that's, why they came, that's why they were like, we're, we're not going anywhere. We can't go anywhere. They can't walk. Where, where, where to be like go? walking in the street. This is what people do. My dad cannot walk more than a hundred meter. Yeah, and in terms of how you see this unfolding in the in the coming days, you know, how bad could this get? Is is where do you see it going? I mean, yeah. Everybody know the history of the, you know. Israel, you know, I mean, they are extremely brutal. They don't have no respect for any international law. And honestly, it's not like I even care about any of that. But, you know, just like, you know, just talking about them violating international law is something normal. Yeah. Committing massacres is something normal. That's what Israel does. They just, you know, they, they, they you know, there is, there is a fact that everybody is really, really like neglecting of even mentioning. I mean, they are a religious state that's driven by religion and they actually they are very right wing right now so a lot of them believe in revenge so to them is actually about killing mm. it's not even about hitting target it's about that's why they hit the children because they really believe that strongly i mean I, you know i mean just, this is like part of like this is what history show every time they do it and all every single time and that's why it make me so scared every single time the world be like please follow international law Stop hitting civilians. Stop doing this. Do not do the in, do not do the invasion. But now, Western Europe, United States, President Biden, everybody's encouraging them yeah. to do what they're really best at is kill civilians. And it's like it's kind of insane that the world got to this level. That even like like the left wing, the liberals calling for war. That's to me just absolute insanity. That we're getting to a level. The people who claim they used to be anti-war, everybody is just like scared to the level they're endorsing war. I mean, like the war need to come out. Everybody should say, stop the war. Like yeah. it's not about everybody just need to stop. We need to take a pause. 
So like, you know, the average people can breathe. So we can think. We can actually even know what happened. It's like, you know, there's a bunch of lies in the media. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't even know what's, you know, the media is just producing lies and they don't even go back to like withdraw it. The claiming or, fact, or, 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 or when they do withdraw it, it's too late. The 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 the, the misinformation and disinformation, yeah, has already covered. Like everybody messaging me since the morning, where is your parents? They should leave. They opened the border. The border never wasn't open. They said they got water into Gaza. There was no water into Gaza, and they're like giving good deed of credit that it didn't happen. And it's like, I, I'm like my friend is like, oh, they should leave. It's like, I'm lying. It's like, I'm talking to my parents. Nobody called them. The bo- Everybody went to the border, went put themselves in danger. All of these U.S. citizens, and honestly, like, it's kind of sad that we make more priority because we, I'm just carrying a different passport because yeah. people worry about whether I give them the vote or not when I come back. They might get a little bit more potential or like, oh, who are they voting for? I mean, this is this is insanity that I'm even like, Giving respect just because, like, you know, giving priority to 500 people living there, including my parents. I mean, all these people there, they're civilians. They have no place to go. And, and their neighborhood getting bombed. They're telling them to leave. They're hitting them. they like, even, like, giving evacuation notice sometimes to people's houses, giving them 30 seconds or giving them, like, no time. It's like, oh, we give a warning. I mean... It's like it's ridiculous the things you hear, and it's like none of it is making it out. I mean, I'm sorry. It's like you know, it's like I mean, it's like I've been holding it for a week. You know, it's just getting really hard. It's like I just don't even know. No, don't, don't, don't ever apologize. Do not apologize. I'm thinking. I just have to imagine, like as I'm talking to you, that my parents might be dead now. I know. Loe, 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 Loe. Please, I'm sorry, Rory. Don't mean to come in, right? It's the hardest, like, I, I I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through, but I understand from, you know, when I got a message the other evening that just said, Tony, I'm terrified. And I could hear, when I went on a WhatsApp call, I could hear the bombs. So it's not, it's not something that people don't understand. People do. But, but, but brother, tell, let me, let me tell you, like, it, what you're doing, because you've managed to be such a success in your career what you're doing matters to highlight this and i'm sure your parents are proud of you because i because i you know as someone who knows you i'm proud of you as well i'm sorry rory i just you know i'm I, I, no no it, it's yeah it, like even for you to come on here now and talk and, and i know you're doing other interviews as well is is it's so important because as you said yourself that the truth is not getting out there the reality is not getting out there and it's it's hard it it's just it's utterly heartbreaking and the the question that i have it must be so hard for you like all the the incredible things you've done and and i remember listening i listened to one interview with you there and it was just incredible thinking you know what you designed humanity to be able to do you know to to put a helicopter on mars and here is the situation where we have your parents millions of palestinians and we're just powerless and it's just as you said we need to stop the war but it must be one of the most difficult things that sense of powerlessness is it yeah, I mean, it's really frustrating, you know, it's like, you know, you like thinking like my dad being a surgeon saving 
hundreds of thousands of life, like in you know Palestine and Germany. You know, I mean, you know, you might even you probably worked in Israeli hospitals. You know, and yeah, and it's like you know, just like and then thinking like nobody care about him. We do care. I mean, you know, it's like yeah, it's like you know, it's like it's a different story. Like you know, I mean. There are, I mean, there are tax-paying European citizens, you know, that that you know, like their own government do not even care about them. You know, it's like, I mean, okay, nobody cares about us Palestinians. We kind of got used to that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but it's it, yeah, and and, and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if it's making any difference to talk to you. I don't know if like, like I mean, people need to like. I mean, I don't know. So even speaking up, I mean, it's like it's getting. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. You know, it's like. But, but it does make a difference. You know, there was thousands of people protesting in Dublin, in Liverpool, in London. You know, across the world in support with Palestinians, and it does influence governments. It absolutely does. They they can't. You know, they have to respond at some level to what people are doing, and it's. I think, you know, every time the only thing you can do is to do something and you are doing something and this is something. And and if I was to ask you in terms of a little bit about the history to pull it back a little bit for people, because you, you know, you grew up in, in Palestine. What was it like growing up in Palestine? I mean, it's a beautiful place. Mm. I loved it. I mean, you know, although, I mean, I mean, there is like a, I don't know. Like uh, humans, we are really interesting. I think species. I mean, we kind of cope with a lot of the miseries we go through. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we actually kind of make jokes about them sometimes, which is kind of make us like, I don't know, like you know, when you're actually making jokes about miseries. I mean, they just, I don't know. I mean, Palestine is very beautiful. I mean, grow up in groves, olive groves, orange groves, you know, and but then you just see the injustice. Wait, wait, wait. Loe, can we just really for a moment focus on the fact that your parents love the land? Yeah, I mean, my dad, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, my dad loved, I mean, earth, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, because we we call it earth in Arabic. We just, we do not discriminate. (laughs) We call the land in Arabic. Actually, the word earth comes from earth in Arabic. So we always call it the earth, you know, the earth. Mm. And, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, like, growing trees and planting trees and seeing trees being uprooted, you know. I mean, to us, planting a tree is a fight. It's the resistant. Yeah. So those are that took the trees out. You know that, 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 you know, the picture of the video you saw with my dad planting? I did, I did. And that, I, 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 I was bulldozed, like, four or five times. The trees I planted, they were gone. The trees that my dad before me planted is gone. The trees my grandfather planted in other places they were gone. We just replant them. I mean, it's you know. There's 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 a the, the, the way I'm gonna just a little sorry for this diversion, folks. But there's a there's an organization that I've that I've done a little bit of work with. In uh, they they help migrants, asylum seekers in the EU, and they're called Second Tree dot org right so second tree and the reason they're called second tree is because in Burkina Faso the, the, the expression is the best time to, to plant the tree is 20 years ago that the next best time is right now 
And Loe, when your dad was in that video recently there tending the trees, I couldn't help but think of how dedicated to his roots he was and you are and the links of the Palestinian people have to to their sense of place. And now we're seeing, and I hate to be so doom and gloom about it, now we're seeing this literally being expunged and with, as you said, with the, the, the world's um, almost tacit approval, it's a quiet approval. Can I, can I ask you, um, a, 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 you strike me as being qu- kind of hopeless at the moment. And I, I, I don't want you to be, pal. I really don't want you to be. But within the US itself, you're, you're there now and you must see it all the time. Are you getting... Um, grief for speaking up as a Palestinian in the US, as opposed, you know, as opposed to support. Do you, do you feel more, more, more singled out or more supported? I mean, I don't know. I have not really been out literally out other than speaking on social media, and I, I do get receive quite a bit of attacks. I don't know where they are sourced from, but you know, I mean, a lot of people leave bad messages. Even some people wish my dad, my parents die because they yeah. just went to Gaza. It's so it's so horrible. It's interesting the land connection because I actually come from a small farm in the south of Waterford. We had a small bit of land, and I, I you know, grew up working that land as I, well. I, and and you still have it under your fingernails, Rory. <laughs> I do. I still have the dirt under my nails. Um, and land means so much when you come from it and when it's, you know, when you're connected to it. And I'm nearly sure that the Irish word for it is on Taloon, which is more like ground and, and mm-hmm. earth than than like soil. And it um it is something fundamental when uh, when you've planted it, when you've worked it and that, you know, that ripping up of those trees. And it's it strikes me that and it's something that I think about a lot when I do work, a lot of work around housing and uh, homelessness and, and trauma that people experience when they experience the loss of their home. And I was struck again by home and what Palestinians, you know, never having the security of a home in a sense and that their home being dislocated, been taken. And for you, looking at home now, what what does home mean to you now? When you think of it, I know you're. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I came to. I mean, I don't really have a lot of attachment to like worldly goods. You know, I mean, try not to, but I just love. Apart from your surfboard. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of them, but you know, it's like you know, it's just. Like, I mean, I look at Earth as a whole, like, you know, that's, yeah, let's have the passion for Earth as a whole. And what's really making me sad, it's not really my worry about my parents, it's like what humanity as a whole got to. I mean, when I look at Earth, you know, it's like from this, you know, for say, some people don't really get it, but, you know, whenever I've imagined that picture, I mean, you don't see the borders, you don't see the language, no. you don't see the countries. We're like merely nothing, we're like a dot. And then in the middle of this, you know, space of planets and things. And here we are, like, you know, like coming up with ideology, you know, and 
believes that I don't even know if any of it even true, you know, just to claim things that doesn't even exist and have generations after generation, you know, just destroying that. The only asset we have is planet earth. Yeah. And yeah. We're just destroying it. We're destroying the trees. We just like, like we're talking about the environment. Everybody like be a, such a hypocrite. Yeah. I, to be an environmentalist and actually justify war. And I, I thought this, I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking like, of course, you know, the, the massacre of Palestinians and what's happening is so wrong, but on the, exactly that, you know, you've all these people in the EU and America who go on about climate, climate, but then yeah, Israel, you can drop all the bombs you want and you can, you know, burn, you know, just do the, all these weapons and destruction. And it's just, as you say, it's such hypocrisy and it's such, I, I, but the I point think- that, I think it's ignorance. I think people just don't so see this through these things. I think we've been driven by our emotions and, you know, and people like like have so lazy now, they have five-second memory, you know, that they don't even want to expand to learning about anything more than five-second TikTok video, you know? So it's like... I, 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 I am that person, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're writing podcasts. I mean, you're talking for like... You're getting to talk, to discuss these things in the podcast. But I think... I think, though, that people aren't connected enough to their emotions because they're not connected to other people. I mean, there's two aspects. When we decide on emotion, we make the five-second decisions, but then we are like a robot. We just don't care. We write always like, okay, flip, next. Telling you, just like the TikTok thing. You just flip five seconds, flip to the next one. Okay, I lost my interest. You cannot even go find the same kind of videos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there are people... And there are people in Israel and there are people across the world who think differently and who see a common humanity. And we have to believe in that. Yes. And, you know, for that to happen, I mean, these people need to extend to understand what's happening. They cannot just look at the five second, like, you know, the title of the article and come up with conclusions. Yeah. Loic, can I ask a a question? You you said something earlier and and it's been running over my head since you said it about the idea that, you know, how international law has fallen by the wayside, and it has. There's no question. Everybody, you know, everybody has has, has allowed um, what happened on the 7th of October, what what Hamas did on the 7th of October to become this almost like a license to ignore international law. And there's... De- but the idea that, that, that within Palestine itself... You know, it's the 30th anniversary. Is it the 30th anniversary of the Oslo Accords this year? I, I think I'm right in that. You know, none of this has ever been implemented. If mm-hmm. if we're going to see a cessation in this violence, and we all hope that there is, and we all hope your parents are okay, and as minimal loss of life, it still will be no good unless the blockade is over and we see international law implemented. I mean, honestly, it's not even about like international law. It's like, you know, to solve any problem, it will take the one with the most power to solve it. You know, the thing is, I think, you know, there is no intention of solving anything. There is no intention of giving anything. There is no intention to give people justice because the people with power could do that. In fact, they do the exact opposite. They like suppress the people more and more so people will resist more. That's why the resistance born. That's why, like any resistant Palestinian resistance movement, they were born after Israel was born. 
You know, Israel did not exist in 1948. I mean, there were okay some resistance to the British forces before that. They were from both sides. But what happened? These like, you know, honestly, like if you ask a question, like, what is really Israel's true intention is? Like, what do you? We are the best democracy in the world. We're just trying to live in peace. But are they even implementing any of that? I mean, it's like the whole idea is based on discrimination and apartheid. Like, where are they going? What is what is really the? They could implement a one-state solution tomorrow, give local Palestinians their right. They could withdraw tomorrow from 1967. I was like, okay, here is your state you want. We can crush you anyway, whenever we want, and the world gonna support us anyway. Why wouldn't they do it? They have zero intention of doing it. They just keep going on, building more settlement in the West Bank, destroying more houses, forcing more people out, have thousands of people in prison. They killed over 250,000 the last one year. How many people, how many Palestinians got killed since the Oslo Accord? Who made the concessions? The Palestinian, the Palestinian people did, yes. We know I mean, uh, yeah. All of it is Palestine, you know, just, you know, just like, I mean, that's what the host theory is. Yeah, but you but you, you said something really interesting there. You said about, a, like, one state, which is kind of, rather than this nonsense of this tiny pockets of a Palestinian state, there should have been room for peace. But because we now have this idea that Israel must be a Jewish state, that makes that impossible. And that is, by definition... I don't, I don't even understand even like, okay, you call in a Jew state, but are you allowing other citizens? Because, I mean, they do have other religious citizens. Yeah, I... I, I, they, kind I, of like, they kind of inherited. Are they are they going to force them out next? Because this but, is the question. But you could they, take the, the Palestinians out of Gaza, take over all the West Bank, but don't you think they will come third like to actually make it 100% Jewish state if that's the intention and, of it? And, and my point being is... The idea has actually changed too. You know, I mean, Israel like... 30 years ago, like, you know, they, they, they know, like everybody recognized Israel as a state, you know, even like the idea of like Israel as a Jew state or an only Jew state. I mean, like, you know, like. Yeah, but this government now is particularly bad. Loe, lo, lo, they, 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 they actually, the, the, print, the first principle of this government was to take all of the land. They said ex- for the exclusive rights of the Jewish people. They said it in their first principle when they sat down to do this government. Mm-hmm. So my point being, I suppose, is what I'm saying to you is, but Israel is not the Jewish people. I have Jewish friends in Dublin. They don't. They don't. Yeah. yeah. I. Of course you do. We all do. Yeah. So 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 it's it's what I'm saying to you is 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 that we have to. I don't know. Maybe I'm a na- naive fucking idiot i'm sorry but maybe i am i just have to hope that there is grounds for 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 us all and i live in a what's supposed to be a post post-conflict society we've had our own history of colonialism and i do believe that's why the majority of irish people understand what and stand with palestine as rory has said earlier but i'm very i'm very struck by the idea that the world has not actually moved on even though as israel has progressively gotten worse israel has progressively gotten worse politically and made and they saying that they're now saying the parts out loud they're saying you're human animals the palestinians need to be wiped off gaza will be the tenth city these things have been said out loud if they if they were said anywhere else we they would be condemned, but they're not condemned right now. So they—they they just saying exactly what Theodore Herzl said in his book. They're implementing the exact same thing for the last hundred years. 
I mean, it's been, he wrote the book in eight, like the late last 10 decade of the 18th, 1800s, you know, you know, and like they've been implementing the same thing, collecting people, make, forcing people into mass places, by, dropping my night bomb on him. I'm quoting his exact words from his book, The Beast. We need to fear, create fear in the beast so they will run and escape. You know, it's like calling everybody as a beast, an animal. And I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm not making this stuff up. You can go. No, look, no. You know, and where, where, where do you see this going? Because Israel say they're going to launch an invasion. They say they're going to wipe out Hamas. Where, like, where, where is this going? Do you think in a week, in two weeks, in a month, in six months, in a year? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what is what is the end of the war? When are they gonna declare victory? I don't know. I you know, I don't know. I think I think they're already failing. Um, some aspect of meeting their goals because I don't think they can destroy Gaza. I mean, they can attempt. They, I think they're attempting to force mass migration and ethnic cleansing. You know, and I think like might be a lot of casualty going in. You know, are they gonna be able to take over Gaza? I don't know. I mean, they are a very strong country. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice from their side. And as long as a lot of, they're going to probably, you know, like kill a lot of civilians in the process. But what are they going to gain? See, the yeah. question it should be, what is the goal and how are they going to declare victory? Yeah. You know, if they, because you, you, this is like, it's actually kind of really like dumb to say, oh, are we going to end Hamas? You know, like you're pretty, like, you know, Hamas is a word that's going to come, is going to go. They're going to disappear, you know? Like, say I said it, I predicted they're going to end. You know, they could change their name. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. It would become a different party. You guys did it, you know? In Ireland, I mean, you know, like the resistance movement, some of them were extremely brutal. They, like, changed. They become political parties, you know? The problem is they're resistant, you know? Like, let's be explicit. It's like they're resistant. The resistance existed before Hamas, you know? They were like Arabs, nationalists. They become Palestinian nationalists. They become communists. They were Marxist. When I was a kid in Gaza, I remember anybody wear a black shirt, a red shirt, they, they used to go to jail for wearing a red shirt. Walking in Gaza City, they used to put anybody wearing a red shirt. I was 10 years old. I'm like in Gaza. I was like, kids coming, like pounding to my dad's clinic and we're giving him like surgical claw, like, you know, clothes to cover the red shirt to go back into yeah. the because that's how they were marking the Marxists at the time, you know? Yeah. Or like, you know, if you wear a black kofia, you know, you're you're a nationalist. I mean, it's a resistance, you know? Whenever they lose favor, they will go away. You know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people support them, but I know there are some people that support, like, they support them. I mean, they're, they're too part to it. I mean, like, also the thing is, like, you have to understand, you know, Hamas is just like, there's Hamas, the political part, which is like probably a lot of people hate, you know? And then there is the resistant part, which is like completely disconnected. Yeah. But like, even them as a political party, they could die. The political military wing could die, but then somebody else just going to become the, become the resistant. I mean, like, we like we we over we overrated them that they are the only thing in Gaza. Yeah. I mean, like six, seven factions fighting there. Mm. And and when you say then that your your question is so I think accurate and and the most important one, where is the what's the goal for Israel? Where is the point they say we've achieved our victory in this? I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I, I, this is this is. I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think their goal is is revenge. Yeah, 
So then it becomes yeah, really absolutely count. nothing. They're not, and I, w- I will see. I mean, this thing might last a month, two months, and I know the U.S. is supporting them, pushing them to like invade. But what, what, what's what's going to happen? How yeah. far can they get in? Even if they can get in, I mean, like even if they even if they like end Hamas today and end the resistance today, what is going to happen in five years from now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten years after all the, yeah. After they all control the Gaza. Once they control Gaza, I mean, the thing is, if they don't, if people do not get justice, I mean, okay, I found my own justice by leaving the country, you know? Yeah. You know, like, okay, I feel like, I feel I have some level of justice for my government, which is this government, you know? But, you know, the, the people living there, there's millions of people. This is a thing. And this is like, a, you know, a message to like, you know, just caring about the humans within, you know, in Israel, you know? That they need to like speak up because no matter what happened, no matter how powerful they will be, if they get 10 times stronger in that tiny place, you're only like four or five million people in this, in the midst of two billion people that you keep pissing off. It's like you just keep poking this dragon and that dragon have not woken up yet. You know, one day we'll wake up. It might take a hundred years, 200 years. What are you going to do then? And it's the quote. It is, and that's you know, it. Like you need people need to learn to learn live together. Yeah, and like you need to see it. Like you can you can be the bully as long as you want, right? One day you're gonna get old, and all these people like you were bullying when you were young and strong, they're just gonna look at you, and you know, yeah. they might spit on you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, you might like be yeah. violent, but yeah, and, and and that's a way of to hope and and really demand yeah, that know. there is there is peace there is a the war stops and we work out a way that people can live together and listen Loe, thank you so much for your time and we really send all our our love our solidarity um with you with the palestinian people and we will continue to highlight it and continue to support and um thank you so much for giving your time today to us yeah thank you uh, um, listen folks honestly uh, I'm privileged to call this man a friend of mine over the last few years because uh, I I was connected with him through mutual friends in, in Gaza and uh, I've always been really proud of, of, of him and I've been really proud of him the last few days speaking up for his parents speaking up for what's going on so please if you're on if you're on social media you'll see his tags we'll please Try and say this has to stop. That is the message. It has to stop. We cannot have this continue. Thank you, Loe Elbasani. Thank you for what you've done and thank you for speaking out. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon, folks. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>